When the fires die down and the guests are full, the only thing left to do is enjoy the company. Best done with a fresh cigar and a cold drink. This is After the Cook. Let's do it. So today, it seemed like that was a cool experience on the boat. I, I You're so, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this, you're so worldly to me. Like you've been everywhere. It seems like the you've been places and have done things. So when I see an honest expression from you, like I saw today, where you were enamored with the boat and the, yes. not the boat, but the, the experience being out on the water, the foliage, the birds, the, the reptiles, the dolphins we saw. It seemed yes. like it was a cool experience to you. So something that I don't play off too often is that I come from nowhere, right? I'm from Edmonton, Alberta, and I'm proud to be from Edmonton, Alberta, but Edmonton, Alberta, in a nutshell, is like Timbuktu right? to the rest of the world. right? And to be on these back coastal inlets... Yeah, in, in a coastal in, waterway for those in people a, in that in are a local. Co- yeah, coastal waterway in Florida, it's like the scene from Dexter, or the, the scene from, from one of those right. shows that I've watched. Right. Never in my life did I ever think I would see a bank of mangroves. Never in my life did I think I would see like a nesting place for the, for the diamondback terrapin or, or all, all of those wild condominiums with massive boats parked out front. That they're never there. Oh. Debbie and I have lived here now almost two years we're up and down all the time. Yep. Well, never, maybe strong, but it's, it's funny how it was amazing stuff. Yeah, it was amazing to see that because I've never seen it in my. I've only ever seen it on TV. So to be able to float down there and be like, I am now a part of this. This will now every time I see it on TV, I'll be able to relate. Right to being in a place like this, much like when we were in Vegas. Yeah, that was cool seeing you. I mean, that's another thing. Like, you think Mel, you think, oh, God, Mel invented Vegas. And then to see you at Vegas, for the soaking Vegas in with your eyes, for your the expression, the way, it was pretty cool. Fremont Street. Yes, so yeah. yes. And the next time we're there, you and I are going to zip line oh, over buddy. Fremont oh, Street. so deadly. And that's awesome. And so, not to sound, but I feel... Fraternal in a way, and also fraternal, and just we're brothers. We have a great relationship. Yes. So you're you're like, and not to equate you with the child, but the fraternal or the paternal part of our relationship. It's yes. like we were together. This was all new to you, and now you're branching out. I heard you're going to Australia. You went to the American Royal. You're like you've left the nest. You yep. you yep. you found your own way, which is terrific. It, it's definitely starting to build up. We're uh, Sydney. The first week of May, we booked in to yeah. go to uh, Meatstock in, in Australia. It's going to be insane because I've never been to Australia. I've never been like yeah, anywhere. The, so the scene in Australia is it's banging. huge. It's banging. It's, huge. it's really good. I cannot wait to sink my teeth into that and see what that has Didn't for Didn't we meet somebody that's a big somebody in Meatstock when we yes. met Christina Fitzgerald? Yes, we, we, met, we, uh, we met Jay, yeah. who is the curator of Meatstock. Right. We and met he was him. with his wife. That's I right. Believe, and they were. That's yeah. right. So Sugar Fire Barbecue. Right. Yeah. We met them, right. and also Luton Booty. They won at uh, the American Royal, and they are uh, putting on a class at that same meat stock, and 
it all ties in together. It's, so it's what are you doing? I know you're bringing our owls with you, and it's uh, so you're going to be working in a live fire environment on yes. his grills? or uh, I, I believe we're going to be piggybacking off of Australian groups that are going to take us in, and we're going to help them out showcasing their stuff. Right. And bringing live fire and traditional barbecue up into a huge queue. So it's going to be amazing. I believe uh, Black Barros, I believe I'll be working with them or someone similar to them. And they are like a, a staple Texas-style barbecue in Australia. Right. So it, it, deadly people there. And I can't wait to see whatever flourishes from that. Are you going to, I'm assuming it's your first time to Australia? Yes, it is. And so are you going to stay a little longer or go a little earlier to get some sights? For, for sure, a week. In? For okay. sure going to do a week and, yeah, try and get some fishing in and stuff like that. And it's going to be... I, you know, you're being coy, but I have to imagine you're going to go out into the call of the bush or the outback. You're yeah. going to go out in it. Go on the back think. 40. Yeah. Go on the back 40 and knock something in the head. If, do you hunt kangaroo? <laughs> I don't know. It. Is that legal go or not? I don't know. I, I don't mean, know I, these things. Don't write in bat, put bat, you no, know. No, no. I won't punch a koala, but I might punch a kangaroo. <laughs> That's... Well, I've never heard... Yes or no to this question, though, to be direct, I've never asked it. Awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. But a koala could be mean. I mean, what if you went and thought That's... it was cute and picked it up, and it, it looks like it has claws? It's a bear. It's not a koala cat. This is or, It's a koala bear. This is what I say to everybody. No one knows what a penguin tastes like. <laughs> I'm just saying. Sure, they look amazing and cute and cuddly, but they might taste like Wagyu steak for all we know. Just going to take one of us to crack one open and see. So I'm fairly certain that uh, that's on the protected list somewhere. <laughs> well, I'm sure that now, I mean, and, you know, not to mention Yellowstone oh, again. But yes, yes. This is, <laughs> but it's all about search engine optimization. But, uh, but seriously, um, it's an endangered species, dude. They tag those little guys. They make movies that Morgan Freeman does the voiceover for. If there's a way that I can eat one, though, I'm going to try, probably. Mm. So there's should, that. should I bring up our discussion earlier? <laughs> Absolutely <today>? not. <laughs> Absolutely not. That's uh, uh, You could, I guess. <laughs> Since we're on an open mic, I guess you could. That's. Uh, I think that certainly <laughs> would be... Um, Offensive to some. My dad told me to try everything once. And so far, he's steered me in the right direction. So I tend not to shy away. Wherever I am, if you bring me out to India to do some kind of fantastic barbecue event and you have like, who knows, chilled monkey brains like Indiana Jones or whatever, I'm you know, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. I'm not going to shy away from it. I'm going to try it because... It's difficult being the co-host of the show because sometimes <laughs> you say something... It's so funny. Well, I'm just saying. Chilled <laughs> and monkey. I'm trying not to Do you to remember laugh Temple of Doom? my act together. Do you remember Temple of Doom? Chilled monkey brains. Oh, well, well, you know where that came from, though? Have you ever seen the snuff flicks like Faces of Death? Yes. Well, so that was like in Faces of Death too. the actual. Yes. And that came out like a few years. It was like all the rage when I was like a junior high school, all. high school. Yeah. And everybody was talking about that, yes. the monkey brain yes. thing. And then it was like, it, there was no social media back there, but it was viral for back then. Well, and then all of a sudden it made it into pop culture. Well, if it's, not, if it's not a delicacy over there, 
make it one and invite me over because I'd like to try it. And that, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Just want to check one off the old bucket list. That's what I'm saying. That's, and I mean, it, it, like you said earlier, you couldn't uh, miss an opportunity to give a shameless plug. That's but it. The, but your heartbeat hot sauce would be really a terrific... <laughs> Pairing to monkey brain, I would think. There you think. go. That's the shiitake, the umami bomb that you get it. from that, uh, the well-balanced acidity and go. heat yes. would be, I would imagine, with a neutral uh, flavor monkey brain you type know. of thing. I'm assuming it's neutral flavor. It is. It is very okay. neutral flavored. And that shit is good on anything. And not in India. Indian would have curried monkey brain. I that think they might be... take to that shiitake, though. If I brought it over there, I think they might... Uh... I, I, it's... It would have a hard time not being well accepted in into any culture. Well, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it's it. It's an east-west tie-in. The whole it's, nine yards. Uh, it's, right. it's, it's, it's the Heinz 57 of the in international market right there. That's <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I do love my hot sauce. I'm not going to lie. I eat it myself like every day. And I, I appreciate you digging into it all the time. You're. It is by far. Uh, I you know I don't talk about this often, but my favorite thing to cook outside of barbecue or live fire grilling is breakfast stuff. I yeah. just love breakfast. And stuff. you've proven your point. And oh. in this visit, let me tell you, we've had some amazing breakfasts. It's, I, uh, I posed their first day here that we were going to use some of the leftovers from the, the cook that we had the Lobster night before. Anywhere, Snake River Farms. Farms and I was going to do like a frittata. Yeah. And, uh, and Mel, I think he was kidding, but was ribbing me all morning long about cooking a frittata. So we, uh, we I, had, I threw down today. It was fantastic. It was, was a, probably one of the better breakfasts I've ever had in my life. The reason I brought up my love of cooking breakfast is because your hot sauce is by far the best hot sauce that I have found that goes with breakfast foods, breakfast burritos, frittatas, omelets. It is the perfect breakfast food hot sauce, which is, to be direct, a, a primary vehicle for my hot sauce usage. Well, thank you very much, brother. I appreciate that. A ton. A ton. A lot of heart and soul went into it. It's a, it's a blessing. It, it's really hit the market well. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of it. So I appreciate that. It's true. Now I was going down the rabbit hole in my head, like we should make a dark side hot sauce, Bernay sauce, like with your sauce. I have a, a question for you. Okay. Did you ever think... That you'd have two Canadians out on a pontoon boat, showing them a side of the world that they've never seen before? That specific scenario, no. But I will answer it with the first things that came to my mind. First of all, you and I have met, obviously. But still, but Jordan I just met. But the cool thing about it is I feel we've worked together virtually now for so long, I felt like I knew him. So... To answer your question more directly, I don't think about that scenario because I don't think of you guys as crazy Canadians. I think of you guys as friends and co-workers. Well, that's awesome. I so like that. from that aspect, yeah. But when you look at it in a taking a moment of gratitude, like how cool it is that people from different parts of the world, because you guys are on opposite ends of Canada. So you're from... You're you're probably you arguably I mean, you may be closer to me, Jordan. I'm pointing to Jordan yep. off camera, than you are together. So, coming from really three corners of this great continent that we share, mm -hmm. 
and coming together here to experience what we are experiencing this week to create this amazing content. This show is uh, a blessing. Uh, uh, it's it's a reason to have gratitude and hundred percent. And not you know what this is going to segue right into. And I'd like to bring this up because we've never talked about this. I would like to tell you guys about the first day, the very first day that I met the Barbecue Buddha, Chris Sussman. This was 2018, Eggtoberfest in Atlanta. And they brought me out there on a whim. And I'm talking a whim. They weren't sure whether I was going to be on the team yet. They weren't sure whether they were going to invest in me at all. And they were like, you know what, sink or swim, last minute, come on out to Eggtoberfest, let's see what you can do. And they bring me out to Eggtoberfest, and I land out there, tell them, tell them what you thought when you first laid eyes on me or when you first heard I was coming out. So I'll, I'll say this to the audience, because many of you, I'm hoping, are new and don't know us from Adam or may have heard about us, one or both. Uh, but the very first thing... I thought when he came into my consciousness on Instagram and social media was, this is an act, you know, this is shtick, video starting to become a thing, and this is what he's doing to, to get followers and engagement. And some version of that would be true, but it couldn't quite possibly be the actual real thing. And so um, I'm happy to tell you, new and old audience, that no, Mel is exactly as he is off camera as he is on. It's no act. Um, and uh, that is impressive. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty deadly. I walked in there. It was the, the first time I met you was the VIP dinner the night before. And Trompo King was there. There were a ton of people. Jack Arnold. It was it was a huge event. VIPs only, out in uh, Stone Mountain, Georgia, right? And it was it was crazy. And Buddha came walking up to me and he shook my hand. He's like, "Hey, I'm the Barbecue Buddha, Chris Usman. Nice to meet you. You're from Canada, hey? You know the whole nine yards." <laughs> and it was whatever. And, and then he went. Cheesy. And then he went back out into his world of people and whatever. And I was working the crowd the way I do, and it was brand new to me. I, I didn't know anybody. I didn't, but there was a ton of uh, dealers and stuff that I had dealt with over the internet and whatever. And, and I kind of started carving out my own little way. And then he came back, and I was making my own, you know, I was cutting my own teeth in that scenario. And then you came back and we started hanging out and we started, you know, having a drink here and there. And Me, you, and the poet. Yeah. Rob, we broke bread hard that That's one it, night. the barbecue poet. And we, <laughs> there's a picture of us all sitting. Yeah, Jordan, you got to dial oh. this one up. One of my favorite memories, oh, we're all yes. out there hitting cigars pretty hard. Yes. Rob, Mel, and myself. Um, groups of people around the pool were all coming down from a great Eggtoberfest and uh, we're smoking cigars and one of us notices the the column right behind us says no smoking yeah no, yeah. <laughs> no smoking permitted or something and yeah. we all noticed it and laughed and took a it picture, took a picture smoking, smoking cigars, cigars in right front of the picture because we yeah. we own that fucking place that night then that's I don't mean to be rude but we did we took over Stone Mountain Georgia and we owned it like kings. It was amazing. We partied until like three, four o'clock in the morning, and we had to be up at six. So it was it was a good time, and we definitely we definitely broke our bread that night, and we cut our teeth together. 
And the next day we... And we, we also, I mean, for me, and this is where the rumors of our relationship were going to just heat up. Yeah. But for me, that's where I noticed immediately the natural rhythm. I mean, it's just was easy to play off you. I mean, you've got this great gift of being funny, and either you know it, but you let the other people around you not know that you know it, right? So you're like kind of, you're keeping off balance, like Steve Martin says. You never like deliver the punchline and let people wait to laugh. You keep them off balance. You do a great job of that. But how naturally our ability to bullshit with each other yes. and with anybody around us we could like reality warp ourselves yes. into believing anything and those around us and that's a it's a pretty good union i hope it's i hope it's conveying on this wonderful podcast 100 percent. we can we can dish it out better than anybody else that that's been that's been the way it was so we had eggtoberfest we the next morning we woke up like in a just a fog of hungover business i was honestly the night before i was crip walking across one of the stone walls that wrapped around the pool <laughs> to beastie boys and remember the mexicans with oh, the yeah. mezcal yeah yeah and i almost got i almost <laughs> not that they would knife you or anything crazy like that no but, but i was partying in front of uh the mexican big green egg team right which was some heavy hitters from Mexico. And I, I went across the, I just shot across the bow and said, Hey, do you guys have any Carlos Santana to play? They had a, a little boom box that they were playing like, like Bluetooth and uh, the big dog, the big dog that was sitting there, El Presidente. He looks at me, he's like, because I'm Mexican, you think I have some Carlos Santana to play? Right. And he, he was upset. He was visibly upset. And I looked at him. And I'm like, man, I'm from Canada. I don't, I don't know what you're mad about, but I'm telling you right now, I'm a snow Mexican to these guys as well. <laughs> so just, I'm just looking for some Carlos Santana to party with. And his wife broke out in a huge <laughs> ball of light. The man just want to hear some Carlos Santana. Did you play the band? And bang, Carlos Santana right now, we partied like crazy for like another mezcal is flowing like a garden hose. It was, oh, I love going to neat places, doing neat things with neat people. And these kinds of things that happen to me organically all the time. And I absolutely am, am blessed with it. So we partied. Yeah, but if I may interject just yes. for one second, yes. because as this is a getting to know you episode and you people need right yes. people need to know me yes. by this point of the story the cigar smoking and rob the two of us had gone to bed and mel then his adventures continued so <laughs> a lot of when we do this show in the future a lot of our stories will have a beginning and an ending that sort of overlap but don't necessarily go at the same place and i'm fine with that i'm okay with that and you as the audience need to be comfortable with that as well he went to bed at 4 a.m i went to bed at 6 30 right i mean we both that night it was that's a pretty much a fair, a fair statement. We both but. met at 7.30 on the tarmac at the Big Green Egg event. And you know what? And that's what I heard about you this Oktoberfest is that, um, and I love that because regardless of the fame or the ability to work and be recognized in this world, which we're always lucky to have any of that, 
to have a work ethic, I think, is the most 100%. important thing. And that's another thing I love working with you is that if Mel and I are in an event together, whether it's private or with Big Green Egg or somebody else, yep. we're going to be there loading up, Bright setting up, up cleaning up. And getting boats for samples. <laughs> yes. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed bush first thing every in the day. No it. matter what we're doing the night before, uh, me going to bed early and Mal staying out late to, or any of that stuff. Yes. Um, it's yeah, always been like that from day one, and it will continue to be with us. 100%, brother. 100%. Amen. So the next morning we got together, we cooked 750 pounds of chicken wings. We cooked... $30,000 worth of Snake River Farms. We fed... All that meat was we, outrageous. I'm, look at me exaggerating. Not exaggerating. We fed half of Atlanta that day. Like the flaming hot nuts kitchen that you could ever imagine. Off of like 10 big green eggs, 10 XLs. We did it. We did it. We did it with a smile. We had a blast. We partied until the sun came up the next night. And then this is when... The real magic happened. The real magic happened. That's all. People are like, wow, this is a great origin story. This is like, I feel like I'm like at a Marvel movie. That's this is it. like That's an it. awesome, these guys are the next Ant-Man. That's it. But no, that is that is just the foundation of which the real story. That's it. And now we're going to break for a message from our sponsors. No. <laughs> We're not there yet, We're but there that'd yet. be cool if we did have a sponsor right here. So Mel, Mel being the first time in in <laughs> the United in the United States, I booked a couple of extra days. Super pumped to stay there, do whatever. Turns out, everybody goes. The Saturday, the everybody goes. That's it. It's like a carnival. The entire place disappears that day. They're all gone. And by this point, I had really, like, emotionally had bonded with you. 100%. Like, you were, I mean, I knew this is where this was headed. Yep. And so, we were all going. Yep. And I, I was going to And he just... wasn't, and he didn't know that we were, and because, and no, we all didn't know each other yet. Yep. So. Turns out, <laughs> um, I was just going to hang out at the pool for a couple days before, and then bounce out from there. Right. Um, him and a bunch of the other influencers had lined up to go to uh, Campbell Barbecue's house in yep, Augusta, Chris Georgia. Campbell. Chris Campbell. A couple hours away. That's it. And they were they were going to go there and party and hang out and do like a big influencer meet. We had Snaker Farm sent stuff there, Lobster Anywhere, Chris's Pizza People. I mean, it was a big cooking to do. So Chris gives me an invite. He's like, well, if you're stuck here anyway, you may as well come up with us. And then and I'll like, drive. Get you out of the hotel. Rob will, you know, they'll yeah. get the money back for the hotel. Come with us. We're gonna go cook all weekend. And this is where it happened. Chris and I spent two and a half hours driving to a flea market. Where <laughs> I, I almost uh, I almost bought, bought a white a, tip shark. <laughs> I came very close to buying a and white tip shark. We don't harbor regrets. No, Usually since Jack, I've known was, you, the two of us have done everything we wanted to. Jack Arnold was the guy that was like, We can't fucking put that on our feed. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? And he was actually the, the voice of reason that day. <laughs> Instead he cooked a raspberry pie. But whatever it is, hey, what but, it is. But at that point in time a, Yeah, we're talking twenty eighteen. At this that point in time it was thing, it was yeah. uh well no, at that point in time, Crazy Shark 
dark and yep. all that stuff wasn't the hip thing no, to do. Right, Jack we were was gonna right. Do, we were going to do it, though. We, we would. were going to do it. So anyways, we did the flea market. We drove we should out right there. now. <sighs> Jordan should follow his gorilla style. Exactly. And catch and cook a white tip yeah. shark. So in this in this that's the promo for the hidden episode <laughs> let me talk to you about the drive out there to augusta georgia it was a long quiet drive down the highway with no stops buddha and i were forced <laughs> to learn about each other and this is where hopefully you but you know what? What? Well, you know what? Though, can I interject? Yes. One, one more yes. time. So far, I'm hanging with you, but forced is not how. Here's how I look at it, and you're getting to know me pretty well. Sometimes I need my people time, and sometimes I need my me time. Right. That's right. It's That's just right. the way I am. I need to recharge sometimes. And so, I knew I was going to be locked with people time all weekend long because we're going with a bunch of other people cooking at a place we're all going to be doing video right. and pictures and all that so it'd be arguable i'd be in a car with you going ah, i know him but i'm just going to turn on the music and we'll make small talk and i'll just zone out till we get there so it wasn't forced i think it was a, a unique opportunity that you and i realized we had that we wouldn't have had otherwise we took advantage of great opportunity quiet time all by ourselves no internet no creating no just us yep no checking text messages no nothing we just drove and this is where uh we dug into it and chris was like how many times have you been in the states and mel said none well what what are you hoping to 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 gain from this kind of event what are you hoping to and we zipped into some very raw, right-to-the-bone conversations. And my man, the Buddha, he instantly turned into like a brother kind of father figure for me. And he really dug into where my mind was at, what, where my heart was at, what I was hoping to accomplish. And me not knowing the stardom of influencer business that he was in, I, I knew him from... Instagram. That was it. I had no backstory to all the irons in the fire that he had going or whatever. We were able to meet on a plane that like you could never do online or over email or anything. It 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 literally had to be on a freeway in a rental on the way to doing something from something epic. It was the perfect like dirt dust grind storm to 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 come and, <laughs> and it i mean it highlighted this sort of unspoken communication we have we have now yes we have all the time yeah and uh you know we kind of knew that in a way that allowed us to cut through bullshit 100 percent. and it was kind of like the saying you know uh, open your kimono and i'll open my kimono right yeah. and which I think at this point we actually we, we would have done that did. done too, but metaphorically, absolutely. So to, to cut to the chase, and this is going to be the clever part of this, <laughs> um, I explained to him I have kids. I'm a journeyman welder. I work yeah, all day. I work welding, 10, man. 12, 14 hours a day. Then I come home and I do Instagram and I cook. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm burning the candle at both ends and I'm burnt out and I'm angry and I, it, my heart is in the right place, but 
I can't find the time. I can't do whatever. And this man quotes fucking Tenacious D. (laughs) Out of nowhere, he quotes Tenacious D. The most appropriate response to that point in our conversation. He's like, well, set the artist free. And I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck are you talking about? I'm like, you've never heard of Tenacious D? I was like, Mel. I mean, Mel screams Tenacious D. He's Jack Black and KG all rolled up into one guy. And so I was like, of course he had heard. Had not heard. Didn't know. He throws in like a mixtape. And he plays me Cosmic Shame. And this is where hopefully our producer is going to cue the key chorus of this. So we'll just take Set a second. Set the artist free. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a second. We'll just take a second, and, and I'm just going to stare at you while we listen to it. Can I stare at him while he stares at you? I'll do that. It's amazing. Well, now you're staring at me. Oh, I'll stare is... at them. <laughs> and in a nutshell, it's a... <laughs> I got the fucking message loud and clear to just let go. I got kids, sure. I got I got things that I have to pay for, sure. If my heart is in the right place and my, my hustle is right there, it's going to work. But Set the I, artist free. What I tell you, though, I said, man, you got to stop just showing the grill and the food. Yeah. You're, you've, I mean, hilarious. And this is like, I have stories and I know, and I could make stuff up. I'm fairly funny, I like to think. This is probably funny, me saying it. But Mel is like just naturally fun. I, I don't laugh at much. And Mel had me laughing the entire time. So I was like, dude, you need to put that on camera. You need to be yourself. You need to put that. People need to see that yep. side of you. Now, you were training that way anyway, but I, I like to give myself yep. like, like like Al Gore claiming he invented the internet. 100%. I like to claim a little bit like I invented. 100%. No and by invented, I helped you yes. find your voice to let everybody know who you are. In, in all honesty, that was such an influential weekend for me. It literally changed the course of my life. And that's me being 100% honest. Well, I said it then, and I'm saying it now, mostly so it's recorded and in case we're in court ever. <laughs> Time-stamped and geotagged and all that stuff. <laughs> I said it then, and I said it now. I would drop everything and manage you because you are, uh, well, maybe not everything, but I'd drop Most a few things. Yep. I love and appreciate you for it, brother. You're the real deal. It's, it's been amazing. Well, and I appreciate that. So are you, man. This is. Oh yeah. It's been a beautiful, beautiful meeting. It's every time we get together, we change people's lives everywhere, and that's this time around. We changed our uh, producer's life. We brought uh, Jordan out here. Oh yeah. And uh, I, I pod think cabin is uh, the pod cabin. He's. We should have him as a. We'll we'll have him as a. He as should a be thing. a guest. And you know what? This is. If I was a hustler, like this young man right That's here. That's it. That's it. I'm doing a negotiation, so watch this. If That's I it. if I was a young hustler like this on an up-and-coming podcast like the one he's helping us to produce, I would do a freebie episode yes. where he's the guest because yes. he's getting the exposure. It's basically like an investment 100%. in himself. 100%. That's it. We have to get big first, and then we'll. But but then if we if he does it now, yes, then there's a part one and a part two. It it is awesome though to bring someone into the fold of this. 
You know what I mean? We worked well together. Oh. I think for for three guys coming from totally different different backgrounds, yep. places, everything, coming together in in a spot where we're on top of each other like we have been the last four days, it, and to still be here now at the end of this, having fun and wanting to be around each other. Yep. <laughs> I mean, this is, we want to get real. You want to do the real interview, you know? <laughs> I'm not old, but I'm feeling older, and I haven't been drinking, and I'm getting tired. I don't have, I'm getting tired earlier. Not that early, but earlier. We were on a boat all day, and as Jordan's been making fun of me, saying it's funny, you get tired riding on a boat all day. You're captaining, you're making decisions. It's mentally, you're on, right? Yeah. So Mel saw it in my eyes. I was going to say, hey, I'm going in. I'm going to have an early night with Miss Muda, which means I'm going to lay on the couch and, and, and watch TV and relax with my wife and then go to bed at a reasonable time, you know, like 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And he was, he was like, okay, that sounds good. And then, and then he said, but we really should do the podcast. We should shoot the podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, so here we are. And here we are. Yeah. That's it. So this is a nice this is a nice segue into the next. We have a lot to cover in a short we do. time. We do. And I want to make sure that people really want to know. All right. You know, I mentioned earlier how you are who you are on and off the camera. 100%. So let's dig into that. Who who are you? Where did you grow up? You know, what were you what was life like for you as a kid? Yeah. Um Born and raised in Edmonton, Alberta, which is like Timbuktu in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, life, life was a bit rough. It, it's 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 a weird thing, right? I've got I've got a couple of siblings. They're a lot older than me, so I kind of had the only child feel, but with a couple of you know older children that were whatever. It's well, no, I mean you just say whatever. Yeah. There's clearly something there. How do you have a couple of older siblings? Are they I was full a, brothers, sisters? Half, or are they half? Half. half are they your dad's half, your mom's my half? Mo my, mom's, my mom's half. Okay. Uh, my brother and sister are like 15 and 20 years older than me. Okay. So when I was a kid, I grew up with... Uh, so were you the byproduct of the new dad and the yes, starting over yes, type of thing? exactly. Okay. Right. This is it. So... Uh, when I was two years old, my favorite album was Kiss Destroyer Okay. on LP, right? This is how I grew up. Uh, so I don't know if you've noticed in the Shakedown Shack, like you don't really pay much attention, attention about me. That. Yes. But if you did, you would <laughs> notice in the Shakedown Shack, yes. there's a clock made out of mm. Kiss Destroyer album yes. because That's that was my first and very most influential album. This is so... Kiss Destroyer was my first Honest to God album that I've ever owned. Did you have a little LP player? I had like this little thing that the I had a, was yeah, orange I had and a, it would fold up. You put the album on the speakers built into the little record player. I had a Marantz tube amp with Bose, oh, big fucking Bose kicker speakers. When you were two? Yes, they were my brother's. Oh, Right, and he say, he sold dimes. That's a sophisticated he sold dimes. Setup yeah, for a two year old. He sold dimes for a long time to get okay. that, and then yeah. just bounced and left them to me. And that was where I dimes, as in dimes whatever. of illegal, illicit whatever. I that's material. So, so that's I, the environment you grew up. I in. grew up in very bohemian uh, style of growing up. 
my 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 pop uh, used to build hot rods. Okay. When I growing up, I grew up half my life in the shop, right? Uh, helping him build hot rods and doing things, and he had a lot of biker friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grew up on that style of of growing up. I had like fifty five uncles, you know. They obviously weren't my uncles, but they were, you know. This was life, and that that's that's where I grew up in Alberta, which is pretty much a clone of Texas. It's like the northern Texas. Right. It's the same size as Texas, but it has like the same population of San Antonio. Okay. So it's it's a it's a weird place up there, frozen for half the year. So you have a cyclical type of existence up there. So you have life for a brief period of time, then, and then hibernation just, for yes, a brief period exactly. of time. So you have an ample opportunity to invent and reinvent yourself as you're navigating things at home and as a young man growing up in this environment. Exactly. So that that's... What were some of those challenges? I mean, your dad, was he a at-home dad? Hey, let's go play catch. Um, or was he, I, I uh, never played catch. I never played any of that. He spent his entire time working on vehicles. That was it. So if I wanted to spend time with him, I'd go out in the shop. Right. If not, say La Vie. My mom worked uh, late shift all the time. So by the time I was nine or 10, she would take me grocery shopping. And I began to cook for the family. Right. Myself, because there was literally nobody else to... Right. I so think it, you've told me before your dad had like one way he liked the steaks and yeah. and it was he yeah, he re- passed the point of recognition and that's it. So he had a he had a stint he was in Tijuana or something like that and he had the wickedest food poisoning you can imagine. Yeah. And that was the end of him having liquid in meat. So my entire time growing up every piece of meat I ever had had no liquid in it. Right. So as soon as I was old enough to grab the tongs out of his hand, right. I, since then, I took over cooking meat for the family, which was a godsend for everybody else at the table. But not for him, I'm sure. No, he, he would still cook his and, shit okay, so burnt. Dad, you're on your own. Yeah, that's, I've got that's, us. You take care of yourself. He, when he watches videos of us even now right. cooking our steaks, he's like, you guys are disgusting. You guys are horrible, horrible yeah. people for leaving all that juice and like yeah. it's, he cannot wrap his head around. So uh, this, this is how I became the griller of the family and whatever. And growing up in a Ukrainian family, huge family, um, I spent a ton of time with Bubba, right? My grandmother in the kitchen, learning how to make sauerkraut from, from scratch in a rain barrel and whatever. Right. The old Ukrainian way of doing things. We always can everything, pickle everything. It's it's been it's been really cool to convert that to what we're doing now, having a blast with it. So yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it, it, so the food comes from Bubba. Is it Bubba? Or Bubba. 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 Yeah. And so and, and really out of uh, survival, not so much as uh, eating or not eating, but survival from a palate perspective, <laughs> like learning to like food other than yes. just for sustenance. So that's on your mom's side. I think from your dad's side, um, that the welding, you know, that really, I think, drove you scholastically in a weird way. Yes. That sort of propelled you into who you became as this young adult with the skill to start a family. hundred percent. So. By, by the time I was 20 years old, I had a journeyman ticket at Nate, which is our university of, right. of trades. 
at very young age to get a ticket. I, I nailed it. And here I am today with a journeyman certificate. Everything's fantastic. Yeah. Everything is above board. I mean, we'll, 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 is, we'll get here. We'll get exactly. here in a minute. But it led to you building your own pit. Correct. Elvira. Correct. So, I mean, Correct. you've, you've, you've is, used the skill um, to, to help further the bridge into your barbecue life. But we'll, we're, yes. we're skipping ahead. We'll, so, we'll go backwards. So, being a young buck with a mm -hmm. welding ticket... Um, I instantly got jobs with uh, oil field companies up there in Alberta. That's what you do. The oil trade right. is what you do. I, uh, I built a ton of machines for finning, Caterpillar, big logging equipment, construction equipment. And then after that, I got into uh, stainless steel. And I, I absolutely love alloys. And, and, and I always look for the hardest of, of things to do and I try and nail them. And in right. welding... It was the alloys. It was the crazy metals and mixing stainless, 316 stainless and stuff like that. So I got into that and then I built and designed and repaired centrifuges. So that was, that was my, my crowning achievement in welding was I worked for 10 years uh, building and rebuilding, fabricating and designing centrifuges with engineers, with the whole nine yards up there, Syncrude, Suncor, the whole nine yards. It, it was amazing. So, it, I think they need to know this. Yes. Because you're not going to be the one to tell this. No. But you like to build the legend that you left welding in order to start your barbecue business. And again, I'm jumping ahead. We'll get there. But really, you left welding because... <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get this out without even cracking but myself up. Because <laughs> Biden canceled the Keystone Pipe. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's and you awesome. lost your that's job it. because that's, he canceled the whole pipeline and the oil it. sands can't get down to the sunoco yard i snuffed trump right. i lost everything and everything went to the who's you, out you you who's cow right it's the right. so you you and you were forced into a life of barbecue so it was you really wanted to continue welding but uh no more Keystone Pipe. You know what? To be honest with you, and now is a great time to drop this. I always knew I was destined for something else. I welded because it paid the bills. And I welded because I was good at it. But I always knew in my heart there was something else. And this is for you that's watching right now. I always felt in my heart there was something else for me. And every day just didn't feel quite right. And you overcome that every day. You, you lace your boots up. You get back to work. You do whatever. But you can feel it in your head and in your heart. And if you can guff up enough, you can pull enough sand, enough salt out of your boots. When I walked away from that, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Because that was a guaranteed paycheck. It was a damn good paycheck. And it was something that I was proud of and my family was proud of. And when I jumped off that cliff and it literally was jumping off a cliff into entrepreneurship and my own ship and being responsible for myself and giving away that, that safety net of, of a paycheck, which was going back to that episode with us and set the artist free and stuff like that. When I did that jump, it was the best decision of my entire life because days later 
days later when I signed my first contract with barbecue, when I first did my catering gigs, when I first did whatever, I looked back on that and every day that I laced my boots up was like doing a jail sentence. So for years, and I mean 20 years, 30 years, I was every day showing up to someone else's company and I literally felt like I was doing a jail sentence. And it didn't even register to me until the day I was set free. And like tears to my eyes right now, it was the biggest aha moment of my life. And even if I go broke doing this now, I'll go broke a free man. It's insane to me. Like I, I can't even put it into words. But to make my own future now, it's, yeah, it, it takes my breath away. It does. So that wasn't, barbecue wasn't the only path that was presented to you in your, in your illustrious life while you were welding and building your career and your family around that. You also had a, a, a deep interest in exotic animals, so much so it brought you into this dark netherworld of this stuff <laughs> that you told me about like years before the Tiger King and everything you told me about your experience like, it was way better than the Tiger King. Like, in the minute that Tiger King aired, I thought to myself, geez, there should be a show about what Mel has told me about. So tell us a little bit about that aspect of your life and uh, and uh, where it is now. 100%. So th this is one one of the, the parts of the origin story of Buddha and myself was when we were sitting in that car, in that rental, uh, driving out to Augusta, I, I told him about my hobbies, my hobbies being breeding exotic stingrays, breeding exotic fish, um, definitely having friends in like all kinds of exotic animal worlds, right? When, when you're spending two and $3,000 on one fish, you're going to have to go to some pretty neat people and meet some pretty neat, you know, situations, which is, which is what, what I've done my entire life. I have actually a tattoo of, uh, a blood red Asian marijuana was one of the first tattoos I had. I was 14 when I got that done, right? And uh, I actually owned that fish when I was 15 years old. I paid $2,500 for it. I was working at Wendy's at the time. And uh, it, was, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. But uh, what Buddha's referencing is some of the friends I had... Um, they had friends that had furrier permits up in Edmonton. And I would come to a condo to purchase a fish for, for a couple thousand dollars. And walking through their condo, their, 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 their you know, peak condo up in the top shelf of, of whatever downtown Edmonton, all of a sudden a baby lynx would come running out. <laughs> And you'd be like, oh my God, there is a, a lynx cub in your apartment. And they'd be like, yeah, I got a buddy with a furrier permit. This is, blah, blah, blah. you know, there'd be a chimpanzee in a spare bedroom. There'd be the craziest things you've ever seen. Entire like turtle ponds set up in a penthouse suite, right? Downtown Edmonton. It was, it was crazy. The, the stuff that I've seen and the stuff I still see on a regular basis with my, my animal hobby is wild. It's absolutely incredible. But the Tiger King was 
the first time I ever seen that brought to light. And you guys do it so much different than we do down here. You guys can actually have legal, like, lion cubs and stuff. It's insanity. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to see the things that I've seen. I think he's in jail. I'm not sure. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah. uh, but it's crazy. I mean, it's... Um, the uh, watching you or thinking about you and your personality and navigating that kind of world with that personality. I mean, again, it's another one of those fly on the wall moments. So we'll have to save, you know, all the deep down stories for later episodes. And, you know, maybe eventually when we have our own YouTube, you know, series, you know, animated series about your prior life. Yes. yes. Uh, Again, that's what you should just follow me around. I come up with all the winning ideas or at least a lot of ideas. Some of them can be executed into winning ideas. So, you know, we've skirted around this a lot. You know, we've touched on these major sort of touch points in your life and how you're getting there. And we're going to get to the barbecue here in a minute. But uh, we keep saying when you started your family, when you start family, you haven't really told us much about your family. Tell us about your beautiful wife and daughters and anything else that, you know, you know, if there may be illegitimate children out there that you want to mention now, well, that might be a good time to do so. There's at least one. There's <laughs> at least one, but we're not we're not going to talk about yeah. that right now. But my wife Lisa, I met her when she was 17, and we were working together at Wendy's, and I was with somebody else at the time. But we, uh, I, I don't know. It, it is what it is. We hit it off. Whatever. Me and me and my girlfriend had broke up, and we. You know, had a few house parties together and, you know, <laughs> in, in the Canadian way, right? We knocked boots a couple times and then we found ourselves in a in a relationship. Things went astray. We didn't see each other again until, uh, I'd say like three, four years later. Um, in Edmonton, there was a place in West Edmonton Mall, which was the biggest mall in the world at the time. They had... Uh, a place called Rum Jungle, which was the biggest nightclub in like all of Western Canada. Really, you had us at Rum Jungle. It was crazy. It was nuts. And I knew the bouncer. He was a big Samoan with yeah. one lazy eye. And I knew him from a taco joint on white, whatever. So he'd he'd give so, me Samoan as in the he was Hawaiian. He was okay. a massive, Hawaiian. not the cookie you get from no, Girl no, Scouts. He was a massive, I mean, I thought we may have been talking about your animated no, series no, this, and creating gen- these unique characters. This so. gentleman was a, a huge mm. Hawaiian gentleman that they had brought in to be a bouncer, and uh, I knew him from a taco joint on White Ave, which is a very eclectic. I grew up there. I spent some time on the streets actually on White Ave. We'll get into that another time, but. But uh, White Ave was, was a very cool place for me, and I had met him before he became a bouncer. So he would give me the VIP treatment when I was at this club. So I would walk in there a bit like a boss, which was nice. Yeah. And in sitting in that VIP, looking down, and there was Lisa. And I hadn't seen her in a couple of years. And I was like, hey, baby, like, what's going on? This is, I'm, I'm fresh out of the kennel, right? We're not with the old lady anymore and stuff. And right. And, uh, you know, things, things happened, fireworks started, and uh, we've been together, I think, 20 years now. We've been married for 13. Yeah, what, what led to the, the, the tumultuousness of the, you saw her, knocks of boots, some time off, then you got together from that spark. No. What led to the marriage proposal? How many years? Uh, and she told me to shit or get off the pot. Yeah, that, that I So we were that. together for quite I a while. Believe that, yeah. And she was like, I am done with your sideways shenanigans and the sideshow that you bring. I am only going to sign off on this bullshit anymore. 
if you put a ring on my finger and that Christmas I proposed to her. And it brought a, a ton of tears to her eye, and we, we had an amazing Christmas. That, that, that Christmas was like X-rated, let me tell you. It was fantastic. It was a great Christmas. And uh, then we began our life together as a married couple, whatever. And then we found out that there was a huge chance she couldn't have kids. Okay. So we were trying very hard. We were going to do the UID or the IUD or whatever they call it. We, we did all kinds of therapies and blah, blah, blah. And finally, we just gave up when we said, you know, we can't do this, this crazy therapy. The pills, like, just ravaged her. They were brutal. Right. And, and finally, we were like, you know what? Fuck it, right? We're going we're gonna to get uh, three months into Mexico. I'm going to buy a, a Camaro, and we're going to just be, you know, double income, no kids. We're going to be a couple of dinks, and we're going right. to love life, and it is what it is. And this was November that we finally said, we're done. We're not going right. to try any more whatever. That December, getting ready for my company Christmas party, and I'm loaded. A couple of the boys from shop are there. We're all drinking heavy. We're getting ready for the Christmas party. And she's like, hey, I need to talk to you in front of the Christmas tree. And she pulls me aside and she's like, guess what? I'm pregnant. Hmm. And it leveled me. Like you have never seen half of it was like, there goes my fucking Camaro. There goes my Texas, <laughs> like everything. Yeah, but I at the same it. time, it was like, holy shit. We gave up on everything and now it happened. Like yeah. it, this is, and now it's yeah, a great life lesson, buddy. Though, you know? I, I am so blessed every day. And Emily is, she's a straight up gangster. She's eight, eight years old and she's running the tables on us both. She's so smart, so clever. I'm absolutely blessed. And now we've got Scarlett. Scarlett came, again, you know, we, we couldn't have her. So she was a miracle baby. Right. She she ran, like, I think 28 hours labor to, to have her. It was nuts. Is that it for the Schmillers, or are you going to try I try young, and sneak one past man. the goalie all the time, man, but right. she's on, on point. She does not want to have, because she's, I don't know, in her 30s, right? She's... She's not into having another one, but I th I'm I'm positive number three would be the boy, right? But it is what it is, right? Well, so as soon as you stop caring about it, that's what it's going to happen. Exactly. So, you know, if we have any wine sponsors that follow <laughs> us, y'all could send us a case of you know the old you know <laughs> the old champivel. I, I just dog. need some help getting one past the goalie. That's <laughs> it, and then we'll see. Maybe maybe there's another. Schmiller in the works, but uh, yeah, that 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 puts us where we're at. And I'm uh, every day. It's so hard. I have to tell you right now, being on the road, doing this barbecue thing on the road, it's so hard. I watched the Christmas uh, recital today on my phone, and like even now, it, it's. Well, I mean that's a great segue. So we've you know we've ducked and weaved through your childhood, yep. your family life. Uh, your first career, uh, sort of the, the the emotional toll it took on you to walk away from that and the uh, the, the vulnerability that you've shown to, to pour into this new life, this new career that you have. So let's talk about that. You, you know, what was the genesis? Uh, what have you done and where are you going? So the one thing I noticed was the day I decided to switch to barbecue. Once I started creating content, starting to cater, um, I built my own pit, right? 
So catering on my own pit was a, a thing right out of the gate before I even had a coat of paint on it. I was already booking gigs. People in, in my neighborhood were very excited to see it. I noticed that I had a ton more time with my family. And that was a huge selling feature for me to keep going and doing what I was doing. Right. Was that I had time to be home with the kids, focus more on family, focus more on what was important. When I was welding, I'd come home, get food started uh, for Instagram, do whatever I could. I'd fall asleep at the table. Right. Right. By the time it was ready to eat. Takes a toll. Oh, Being t- a parent was, is, oh. is stressful enough. I was bagged. Um, yeah. I was so bagged. So so now I'm up. I'm awake. Yeah. I'm able to take them to school sometimes. I'm able to pick them up. It's an absolute godsend, this whole uh, being on my own. Well, the community has certainly adopted you. Uh, fire in the hole is a big thing. I know you've trademarked that. Yeah. Um, see people always giving you fire in the holes on social media. I know you're working hard at YouTube. Uh, what's next? What 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 are you pivoted to with social media other than this wonderful podcast? This awesome yeah. podcast, man. This this is. I'm hoping this takes off. I really love and appreciate all the support that everyone's given us. I, I we have tons of massive guests coming up. It's going to be a landslide. We're changing the game. We're changing the barbecue podcast face. We're trying to bring a real real world aspect to this with our guests and everything else um for for me i think the next thing is going to be tv i'm really going to focus on maybe trying to nail a few tv spots down and then uh focusing more on my catering gigs and then just doing brand content brand content is a big thing for me now it's uh what you have uh you're there's no better spokesperson than you uh, you've got an awesome hype machine. Uh, the little bit you did for the cigars that I released earlier this year was, you know, amazing. I was traveling when those dropped and you went out of your way to create this whole thing. And that was what you did for your buddy and your co-host and what you do professionally. It, it, it you know, one thing I know from creating and doing sponsored posts is sometimes, even though you're getting paid and sometimes it feels like a job and you never, that it's never conveyed for you. It's always natural part of your life, and uh, you're really good at it. And you have a compelling story, and I really want to tell you thank you for sharing uh, this part of your journey with me, with us, and uh, and uh, with the podcast universe. Well, thank you very much, brother. That's that's one thing that I hope always conveys is that every day that I get to do this barbecue thing, whether it be with brands or whether it be with the podcast or whether it be with with whatever catering, it's one more day that I'm not in the in the same shtick that I grew up in. Yeah, and I'm grateful every single day that I get to do this, travel, and see people like you, and spend time in your house, spend time in other places that I would never see before. And I am grateful every single fucking day to go out and do these amazing things and eat these amazing meals that I never would have ever dreamed. Yeah, we ate well this week. We sh- <laughs> we ate well this. <laughs> we ate, we ate well like Elvis week. fucking Presley yeah. this week is what we did. Yeah. Sons been- the peanut butter sandwiches. Uh, <laughs> it's been it was- insane. Yeah. Oh, Snake River Farms, lobster anywhere. We ate stone crabs fresh out of the bay. It's been nuts, man. It's been. It's- it's 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 been good. It's gonna be difficult when you leave tomorrow. It'll be hard 
not to fill the space that you fill with your personality, your stories, this conversation, but with the food and the cooking I miss and you uh, just life. I miss you so, already. Yeah. Well, love you, baby. Love you too, really. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to After the Cook. This was another amazing episode. We got to know everything about this guy, this amazing backstory. Make sure to follow us on all the social media channels at After the Cook. Subscribe, do all the things. And until until the next time, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it, baby.